Hello, it is Friday, December 11th. Great show today. Hey, great show today. Great show. A couple great guests. Dana White on the show today and Rob Ryan, legend. Legendary Friday here. Yeah, absolutely legendary. I'm pretty pumped up about it. I was just like recanting the, mm-hmm. the whole show there. And I'm like, man, these people are going to love the conversations today. No better conversation for a Friday heading into the weekend than Rob Ryan. Yeah, and Dana White, a look inside the whole story behind UFC. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a good one. And if you enjoy this show by the end of it, why don't you go ahead and say, you know what? I should tell somebody about this. Yeah. Be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't like the show by the end of it, just act like it never, ever happened. Just be like, hey, show never happened. Mm-hmm. I wasted maybe an hour, hour and a half of my life. I'll never get those minutes back. But you don't need to go around telling people that you hated the show. Nah, just pipe down. Pipe down. But if you like the show, go ahead and tell somebody about it. You know, And also, don't forget to uh, subscribe, review, rate. Yeah, do it all. <laughs> what is it? Subscribe, rate, review. Mm-hmm. I read that on Google as things to do as podcast host. Yeah, and you're killing all three of them. I, well, the first time they kind of stumbled out of my mouth because I forgot which one in, in which order it was supposed to go. Close enough. Subscribe, rate, review. Well said. Got to do it. Um, or don't, by the way. Yeah, really. I mean, either way. But what you should do, if it's available in your state, is gamble with us at FanDuel Sportsbook. Mm. FanDuel Sportsbook is a mobile gambling app that goes on your phone, and it is so easy to use. If you've never gambled on anything before, it would be like a tutorial while you're opening the screen. Uh, the customer service is amazing. They do bad beat refunds, which if you get screwed while losing one of your bets, let's say a ref misses a call, let's say a ball is dropped, let's say something happens, they've refunded folks this season to the tune of like $50 million. Or yeah, something. millions and millions of dollars. No one does that. No one does that. That's because FanDuel wants to do sports gambling right. They want it to be fun. They want it to be convenient. They want you to feel good about the bets that you're making because the people that are going to eventually pay you back from your big brain bets are good people that you're doing business with. Well said. Live betting is something you can do during the games. If you can get a good read on somebody like we have on Jared Goff, mm-hmm. Jared Goff is the perfect live betting quarterback. Watch him the first couple series. If he looks comfortable, they're going to win. That's just the way it's going to go. There's other things. If you see a team's defense is flying around, why don't you go bet the under for the other team live? There's so much money to be made at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's almost mind-numbing. Yeah, I mean, and we're not even talking about your Super Boost, which are starting to pick back up and super, get some steam. The Super Boost this week is a big one, by mm-hmm. the way. So if we're in your state, come gamble with us at FanDuel Sportsbook. Come enjoy Sundays and Saturdays and Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays with us at mm-hmm. FanDuel. And if we're not in your state yet, no, we're trying our absolute best to get there, and we can't wait to win alongside all of you. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. And if, we're, if you can't use the Sportsbook in your state because it hasn't been okayed yet hey daily fantasies on there that's right there's some free-to-play games where you can fill some things out win some money mm-hmm. uh, and we're coming to your state as soon as possible shout out to fandle shout out to you shout out to uh the guests today for incredible conversations let's get to them uh last night the los angeles rams beat the hell out of the New England Patriots on Thursday night football. I said a couple different times I thought it was going to be a two-score game. I was wrong. I was wrong. It was a three-score game, (laughs) and the Patriots' conversations about playoffs are now just about done. ESPN just showed a percentage. They have about a 0.7% chance of winning the AFC East. Hey, 
Hey, still got a chance. Let's go! Still got a chance at Boston, Connor, but it seems like for the first time in a long, long, long time, not only do the Patriots get seven losses, at least on a season, they are out of the playoff conversation here before the middle of December. It's a wild time. What a run by the New England Patriots. Yay, hell of a run. Good run, uh, good run. You know, there was a conversation and there was a chance that since Bill Belichick is the greatest goddamn coach of all time, that he and Cam Newton and Josh McDaniels, even though half their roster opted out of this season because of COVID and everything like that, they would still be able to make a run at this thing somehow. Early, they won a couple games. Who was better off, Tom or Bill, apart from each other? A lot of people were saying Bill, but then everything came collapsing down. Their starting quarterback, Cam Newton, who was unemployed for 86 days before getting signed to the New England Patriots for $1 million, got COVID. When he got COVID, it led to a series of events where that team lost all their mojo, all their swag, and ever since then, they've lost more games. Cam Newton somehow forgot to throw a little bit. I don't know what's going on there. What is, what does the future hold for Cam Newton? These are the questions that you now have to start asking. What's going to be next year for the Patriots? What's Bill Belichick going to do? Are they going to fire the general manager? Because it does feel like mm. the general manager of the Patriots and the head coach kind of tied at the hip, if you mm. do say. The Patriots are done for, but the Los Angeles Rams get a massive win. Sean McVay last night, I assume, in that big-ass house that he lives in with that beautiful pool with his dog, I assume he toasted to himself getting over the hump of beating Bill Belichick since he lost in the Super Bowl. We all won a lot of money here. The under also hit 24-3. Boring-ass game, to be honest. You probably kind of dozed in and out of that whole thing. The only thing you need to know that Aaron Donald's unbelievable still at football. Uh, the Rams' defense is for real. If you give Jared Goff time, he'll be able to make plays. Uh, Cooper, no, no, not Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup, absolute stud. And Jared Goff got hops. That dude, whenever he hopped up over the center and scored the first touchdown of the game, looked like a freak mm -hmm. athlete. Are the Los Angeles Rams the team to beat in the NFC West? I do believe that is the case because the Seattle Seahawks tend to be broken Ooh. in the last couple of weeks. But we'll talk about everything else going on this weekend in the NFL. We'll talk to you at 1-888-623-3646. Can't wait to chat with you. Uh, and also, Rob Ryan joining us for the first time. Oh. And Dana White, we recorded an interview with him yesterday. We will run that in the 1 o'clock hour. Eastern Standard Time. Pretty good combo. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty good combo. Mm -hmm. A lot of energy. Good conversation. Yeah, uh, and before I get to the boys, just want to make an announcement, a show announcement. One of our biggest fans, one of our uh, original fans, uh, known by the internet following as at Hoosier Fire Buff, Jason Wheatley, uh, who is a 35-year-old man who had to battle against muscular dystrophy his entire life, who called into our show whenever the first time we were on Sirius, got to learn about him. He's from Indiana. Uh, got a chance to meet him and do a lot of things. He has passed away after a very long and I would say successful fight against muscular dystrophy in his life. He was bedridden for a long time uh, and he was a big fan. So rest in peace. And I'll say this to Jason. Job well done, Bob. Yeah. Job well done. He had an affinity for firefighters and for fire departments. I believe he was an honorary member of uh, like 50 different fire departments across the country. A lot of people followed along on the internet. We're big Jason Wheatley fans. We appreciate you, brother. Uh, rest easy, and we appreciate your support all along. Uh, now, to the boys. At Tone Diggs, a lot of gambling winning last night. Okay. Hammered down, got hot. The under, we hit. 
How you doing? Keep it moving. Uh, the Rams covered. How you doing? Keep it moving. Are we back now? Is, is hammered down and the gambling people? Are we back for the rest of the season at this point? Yeah, we're fully back. And with six to seven uh, playoff implication games this weekend, where both teams have to try, it's a nice little weekend that you don't have to determine whether a team's going to try or not, whether they hate their coach or not, or whatever. So you just focus on names, those games where you know both teams are going to give all their all. And you pick those games. That's my recommendation. Yeah, because there's a lot of playoff implications. Yeah. I mean, Cardinals. Giants, Chiefs, Dolphins, Vikings, Bucks, Colts, Raiders, Steelers, Bills, Ravens, Browns, all of them have playoff mm-hmm. implications on them, including last night's game had yeah. playoff mm-hmm. implications, mm-hmm. which, by the way, kind of exactly happened, but the, the Patriots are dead and yeah. the Rams are continuing yeah. to go. Uh, at Boston, Connor, what are you going to do? Are you going to change allegiances like somebody else because now you want to have a playoff <laughs> team? This oh, is the, the first time in a long time. You won't even yeah. have any postseason football to cheer for. What are you going to do? No, I'm not a sellout stooge like Fox. Whoa, but, you know, no, say right. what you will about the Patriots season. For my entire life, there's never been a season end in December until now, which, I mean, I guess it's a little exciting. Not really. But this is a 13-game <laughs> season that actually mattered. We're six and seven, whatever. But every game mattered, which was a much different uh, feel to the season because usually, you know, you got to wait till the divisional round until the season really starts. But Bill said it, you know, we sold out. We won three Super Bowls. We went to another. We went to an AFC championship game. We did what we could. It, it It's just we played with what we had. Okay, yeah. Played, it wasn't good enough. Had blinders on, did everything. <laughs> uh-huh. the, um, the interesting thing for me is, there's a narrative going on, on the internet right now. Oh yeah, and it, it seems mm-hmm. like there's been people just waiting on the internet for this moment to happen. For and, sure. And now they've been waiting for 20 years to get to this point, I guess. Yeah. And maybe it's because of the way Bill Belichick has handled his press conferences with some members of the media or whatever. But there's a lot of stats coming out about people talking bad about Bill Belichick about how yeah. you, you you want to know his stats whenever he was head coach in Cleveland. You want to know what, they, what he was like before he got Tom Brady. Mm. You want to know what he's like after he doesn't have Tom Brady. Let's go ahead and start looking at some stats all of a sudden it's like people are trying to say that Mm -hmm. bill belichick not a great coach and i want to let everybody know i am not on that side (laughs) okay i am not on that side i i have the utmost respect for bill belichick greatest coach of all time i've actually said that um they should put his name on a goddamn trophy like Mm -hmm. uh, like Mm -hmm. because to have that much consistency and success in a league that is filled with parody and competition and salary caps and everything to have that much success and be able to rally troops now granted he did it because tom brady was willing to take pay cuts so if tom brady does it everybody else has to do it and tom brady was willing to get chewed out in team meetings and if tom brady does it everybody else has to do it so that is something that is very important whenever your guy starting quarterback in the nfl buys into what you're pitching taking less money to make the team better get yelled at so that everybody else can get that obviously helps a lot but the coach still had to create schemes and strategies to win games while the nfl changed in the style of play but i do enjoy the fact that anybody can fucking get it mm-hmm. we live in a what have you done for me lately yeah. if you even tend to turn down just a little bit it's like oh what, what was this person mm-hmm. even good to begin that that's what's being asked right now on the internet by numerous people is was bill belichick even that good of a coach to begin with it's like holy shit I saw Peyton Manning get cut from the Colts, and I was like, I I don't know how that happens. And then Bill Belichick, the internet's like, was he even that good? (laughs) I'm like, holy – our society is awesome, by the way. That, that is just – that is incredible. And they're going to come for all of us, by the way. If you have oh, any yeah. success, something's going to happen. And as soon as you have a down day, boy, it is going to be tough. They're doing it to Bill Belichick. They'll do it to fucking anybody at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's no real reason to dispute it just because it's all nonsense. But I just hope we bring that same energy, you know, after Andy Reid's career when we talk about, well, Andy couldn't do it without Mahomes, so it was all Mahomes. Mike Tomlin, right, he's only one with Big Ben. 
can we say, well, without Big Ben, Mike Tomlin's not that great of a coach. And Sean Payton, what? He's only won one Super Bowl with the greatest statistic quarterback of all time. Is Sean Payton a good coach? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you doing? I'm just saying, let's just make sure when all these other things happen, we do the same treatment for all these other great all-time coaches that we are for Bill. And, you know, you brought up Tony Dungy. Dungy only won one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Dungy leaves Tampa Bay, gets fired. They win the Super Bowl the next yeah. season. Is Tony team. Dungy a good coach? Well, I mean, come on, guys. It was a team that Tony Dungy wow. yeah, yeah. built down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. He didn't win the big and one, the though, right? And that's all that matters. We talked about it yesterday. Yeah. And the Adrian. You're not going to yeah. win the Super Bowl. No and one gives a fuck about your team. Well, it is. I, I mean, that was there's a lot that we could talk about yeah. there. I had no idea that's the way you were going to go with that one. I thought you were potentially going to stick up for Belichick, but instead you just saw it down everybody what else. these other guys? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, already, you, already did. you already did it. You already did it. So what, I did not expect that. I thought you were going to give like Bill Belichick like, you know, like go to bat for him His and all the great things he's done and everything like that. But the, what you chose to do is is the right thing because I assume if they did to Bill Belichick, they're going to do it to all of them too. But the only difference is Bill Belichick and the media have a much different relationship than all those guys in the media, I do believe. Andy Reid's like beloved by the media. Tony Dungy's in the media. Sean Payton, I think he has pretty good relationships around the media. Bill Belichick does not because... He knew that he didn't have to, did not care to. Whenever he started doing that TV show with Rich Eisen, the NFL Top 100 thing, I was like so amazed. I was like, okay, they got Bill to do this, first of all. And the way he was talking was like, God damn, this guy could be really good at his press conferences if he wanted to. But instead, he has always chosen to be like, yeah, fuck you, basically. Yesterday, another magical moment. Another magical moment. Uh, 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 one of the, Mike something, Rice, was it Rice? Yeah, Reese? yeah, yeah. R-E-I-S-S. A classic post-game press conference with Bill Belichick asked a question that Bill was fed up with. Do we have the audio, Foxy? We have the quote. Yeah, oh, we just have the quote? Just the quote. All right, so what he uh, he was asked, basically Mike Reese asked Bill Belichick, he said, um, with everything that's going on, is Cam Newton still your quarterback? And, and Bill Belichick cuts him off while he's still talking. He goes, great question. Really glad you asked that. Cam's our quarterback. <laughs> it's just like even when even when things are not going good, Bill is still like just fed up with this bullshit. I, I don't have time for your questions. Uh, great question. Really glad you asked that. Okay, uh, Cam's our quarterback. Uh, my dog drafted for us this year. Okay, so get the hell out of here. I just I love Bill Belichick. I like the way Bill Belichick handles things. And uh, if I was a member of the media, I'd probably hate him. But the fact that everybody's turning on him right now, asking if he was even that good of a coach to begin with, is amazing. I just, at Ty Schmidt, that's what our society is, pal. It is. Well, and it's especially interesting because it's, I mean, it's not like Brady's setting the world on fire in, in Tampa Bay. Like, it'd be one thing if they were, you know, in the number one team in the NFC right now. But it's it's not like, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's a what's, bunch of mumbo jumbo. What's he going to do? What is Belichick going to do? Is he going to stick around and rebuild this whole goddamn thing because they have such so much salary cap and they have so much space? Is he committing another three to five years to building a whole new team? Or does you think Belichick potentially enjoys his life a little bit and maybe disappears? Ooh, you think it's going to take three to five years for Bill? Yeah. I mean, with all the – there's only a few teams next year that can make serious moves in free agency with the salary cap. Yeah, but there's a lot of teams that are still going to be built, right? Mm -hmm. Chiefs are still built. Uh -huh. Chiefs are still the Chiefs, uh, which is going to be tough for them. Colts are still basically all kept together except for T.Y. Hilton's going to be a free agent. They're going to have to figure that out. Ravens, I think, are still a team. And uh, Roethlisberger and the Steelers, I think – Oh, no, Juju and James, I guess, yeah, are free agents. they're in the negative next year. But the Bills are figured out. I mean, there's a lot oh. of – it feels like there's going to be a lot of continuity going in there. Yeah. He's going to have to build a team, though. Absolutely. Like, that's yeah, going to yeah. have to yeah. happen. Uh -huh. They're going to have to build a team over there. What's that? Bills 
68 years old, so how much building time do you have left? Well, and Bill also said, I forget he said he didn't want to coach until he was 70 or something. He said that way back in the day, and then he has been on record as of late going like, yeah, 70, I feel a lot better than I thought I was yeah. going to feel. Mm -hmm. So maybe he will build it again, and then once that thing goes, then he's like, uh, great question. Really, thank you for asking. <laughs> Wins one more. I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. That Passes would, it on to Steve. That'd be amazing. Um Packers big game this weekend. Big game this weekend. I mean, it's, it's divisional matchup. The the Lions always play the Packers tough. They do. They always play them tough. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it, it, am I worried at all? Not really. Do, <laughs> do I think they're going to cover? Yeah, probably. Uh, Rodgers needs four touchdowns to get to forty for the third time in his career. He'd be the only guy to do that. Uh, so I, I look for the Packers to put up a lot of points. Hey, let's let's see. I mean, we need the defense to come through again. You know, can't just have Rodgie lighting up the scoreboard. Every Wouldn't week. it be wild if the Lions somehow win this game, though? That would be you wild. know what I mean? That would be wild. Wow, because we have a guy in our office that was a lions fan true and then as soon as they fire matt patricia and win a game mm -hmm. this guy goes well this season's over yep. i need to pick another team and he became a pittsburgh steelers fan yesterday and wow. he already has a jersey yeah. he already has a jersey he's got wow. the bumblebee jersey imagine if the lions go on a run and the steelers just lose the rest of the year oh. foxy what would you do would you would you just be put completely in a blender or how would you handle that whole situation my brain would be in an absolute press pretzel because the lions play the packers they play the titans they play the buccaneers and then they got to play the vikings if the lions somehow win all those games and make the playoffs then i would really i don't believe in curses pat i really do not believe in curses but if that was the case i would really start thinking I am the curse. You are the problem. Yeah. And it, it has been referred to a couple of times. Who was sitting shotgun when Zito ran that RV? Into Whoa. That? Oh, wow. I very thought about that. Yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. You know, Fox he basically said go under there. Mm hmm. Amen. What'd you say? I said Foxy was rooting for the Patriots last, last night. I did yeah. bet on the Patriots last night. Yeah, Foxy, by the way, heard us all say that we like the Rams. He heard me say like we like the Rams by two scores at least and everything like that. And I walk out there and Foxy goes, uh, hammering the Patriots money line tonight. And I was like, Thanks, Foxy. I was on Connor's He also side. took the over. Well, I was on I the under, Foxy. I took Stooge. the over. Two days ago, he was tweeting shit about the Steelers. Well, this is quite a turn. No, 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 no. The Pittsburgh Steelers got to go play the Buffalo Bills, all right? It's a big bounce-back game. Yeah. We're underdogs. Mike Tomlin's going to have the, the boys Steelers. ready. That's why I wore this jersey in honor of a guy that, when you're from Pittsburgh and you root for the Steelers, you always wanted this guy to wear yeah. the black and yellow, but yeah. we never got gold, to see gold, it. Gold. In oh. Black and yellow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are fucked, dude! <laughs> what? Black and Season's well, over. Well, he said black and yellow because Wiz Khalifa made that song, mm -hmm. black and yellow, black and yellow. But yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, Foxy stole the jersey that the Steelers sent to us off the wall and yeah, put it I mean, on. That's what he's wearing. Oh, yeah, Fox. Yeah. Well, he's a fan. Yeah, he's a big fan. Yeah, so a footballer. Steelers play the Bills and are getting points this weekend. Yep. A team that is eleven and one has won 11 games this season, was undefeated, is getting points in Buffalo against Josh Allen and the Bills after Josh Allen just had his best game thus far and has lit the world on fire down there. Over-unders at 48, Steelers money line plus 106. How you feeling, Diggs? What are you betting on this game? Well, well I don't bet on the Steelers, but how do you feel about this? I don't because I'm actually a fan of a team. Um, Whoa. What the Bill, Fox? Bills are the better team. Bills are the better team, so they'll win. Oh, oh no, no, no. Big Ben this. is a dog. Oh. Big Ben is a dog. 
49, 26, and 3 against the spread in his career. Boom. 51 Boom. and 36 against the spread after a loss. Boom. Don't give up on Ben, Tony. Worst 11 1 team of all time. They're going to lose. Yeah, plus right, Foxy yeah. true informed, so they're really yeah, Foxy. So hold on, no. So Tone, you won't bet on the game, but you'll try to jinx them. That's interesting. You what believe you in one thing, you don't believe in the other. What do you mean? Well, you believe that oh. if you bet on them, it would jinx them. Yeah. But you call them terrible to try to jinx them. Yeah. So yeah. you you believe in one particular jinx, but not the other. Reverse, the jinx reverse work jinxes now. are not jinxes. Aviv Lizito, what's your poll? Uh, poll today: Would you rather have Cam Newton or Mitch? Trubisky and right now, Mitch Trubisky forty point eight percent. Cam Newton fifty nine point two. Even after last night's uh, performance, yeah, you would think <laughs> what What have you done for me lately? Would potentially hurt uh, Cam Newton because there was a couple ugly, ugly things that happened last night. I mean, a couple good completions. That seems to be his trend this year. There's a couple good balls and there's a couple. How how the hell is that happening? And I don't know. His throwing style is interesting. I assume he had a, a shoulder surgery or something happened where he had to change his style. It looks like he has quite like a glitch happening while he's throwing the ball sometimes it looks amazing sometimes it doesn't what is cam newton's future is it brighter than mitchell trubisky's maybe that should have been the question who's who plays more snaps next year cam newton or mitchell trubisky like that's a good that that mitch might be a patron next year i doubt it (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen joining us now a man who alongside two friends bought a company for two million dollars through his leadership, it grew 2,000x and sold for $4 billion. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the president of the UFC, Dana White. Yeah! How are you, bub? <laughs> What's up, man? How are you? Hey, that never gets talked about, you know, because now that you guys are all rich and you made it and you're, you're the topic of conversation everywhere, people forget that at one point, UFC 1, now UFC 256 is happening this weekend, but at UFC 1, UFC 2, UFC 3, and 4, the conversation was, is this going to make it? Will this ever catch on? At what point were you like, yeah, I think the whole world is going to love this? Very early, I assume? Yeah, I started to feel it early. You know, you start to feel some traction and things like that, but, you know, you could have you have all the right ideas and all the right plans, but is the timing right? And uh, it wasn't until the first season of The Ultimate Fighter aired that I, I really started to feel and know that this was going to last and stick around. How'd you get into this? You were a boxing trainer or something like that? And then then something? Yeah, I was involved in boxing. I mean, I did everything that you could do in boxing. Um, and uh, that's what Lorenzo and I thought we were going to get into. We thought we were going to get into the boxing business. And then we ended up taking jujitsu classes and fell in love with this sport. <laughs> well, it was a good move. And I think the world fell in love with this sport as well, because I think whenever you guys started, and I'm old enough to remember this, and uh, I think it's one of the greatest, maybe American business stories of all time. You created a sport. Well, you didn't create a sport, but you put a sport into the world and made it acceptable. Because back in the day, everybody was like, this is archaic. This is barbaric bullshit. And then you guys had to work like licenses with governments. I mean, there's lobbying and this whole thing. And now it's this worldwide sensation with you building a fucking island over in the Middle East. I mean, it is just, it's awesome, man. Like, I hope there's moments where you sit back and obviously you're in your Art of War uh, office. And I've seen your office through Robbie Fox's interviews with you. I hope there's a moment where you look in the mirror and go god damn it i did it like i hope that happens yeah you know you know you feel that way sometimes but then there's always another challenge man we we run into a global pandemic and um things are getting shut down and sports shuts down and so you know no no matter how big you get or how big you think you are you're always going to run into some 
type of adversity with your business that you have to overcome every year. And whatever the uh, pandemic started and the, the, the sports stoppage happened, you and Vince McMahon, and I believe there's probably a lot of parallels people draw between both of you. You're the face of UFC. He's been the face of WWE for a long time. Both have become multi-billion dollar global successes, and uh, you're both personalities. And don't mind if people hate you, by the way, which is fantastic. I hope to one day be able to do that with my business, just be able to tell everybody, yeah, fuck you, I don't care, and still make money and everything like that. But at the very beginning of the pandemic with the work stoppage, you and Vince McMahon seemed to be the only two people out of all the sports that were like, uh, we can make this happen. Like, we can make this happen. And, and then the the fight island thing came out right and then everybody was like dana's got an island he's making it was like awesome to watch from the outside and then you had to come out and say you know our partnership with uh, disney and espn basically said we can't have it but i i do remember you saying we could have by the way if this wanted to happen like at what point did you say you know what the show must go on like it, it was that immediately like it's, are you just like as soon as a problem pops up it's like all right what's the answer here we can solve this i can just go rent an island out in the middle of nowhere like is that immediate and did were you bummed that you weren't allowed to go and do it early since it has had success since being allowed to do so later. Yeah, you literally just nailed exactly the way that it all went down. That, that is exactly what happened. I smoke a lot of weed, one, man. I, can... I was actually more blown away that people who had businesses were willing to just shut their businesses down for, for, for this thing. I, I, I just never, shit like that never even crosses my mind that, that, that we would do that. Um, and yeah, it, it was really hard. It was much harder than, hey, let's just get an island over here. You know, <laughs> my lawyer who's sitting in here right now literally was on the phone all day, all night for weeks trying to figure out how we could get into a state to pull off an event. And I, I didn't have to shut that, uh, that, that event down when, when Disney asked me to. We still could have put on that event. I, I did it out of respect for them. Um, and obviously came up with with a bigger game plan. But uh, it was without a doubt the most challenging year of my uh, of my career. And if you think about where I've come from, that's that's a pretty big statement. Well, and by the way, your story is one that's awesome, obviously. And it'll be one that's told years after you are done doing whatever about the business and, you know, the foresight and the vision to kind of power through whatever. And now this weekend, your fight is in the Apex uh, Arena, which is in the basement, I believe, of the UFC facility. So it kind of worked out perfectly. You weren't able to do Fight Island for a bit, but I assume you had to go back to the drawing board and say, when we're allowed to do this thing, we'll do it. The basement has been awesome, right? Because the cage is smaller. So it seems like there's been a lot more action. I remember at the beginning people were worried about the no crowd right is this going to be different because the the gladiators aren't going to be in front of the crowd and as a novice who doesn't know what the fuck's going on but loves seeing people go in there and you know clang and bang with each other the hearing of the shots it almost i don't want to say made it better but it, it did feel like it was a a better product so this weekend you got figurato versus marino in the <laughs> apex by the way what should we expect out of this fight and uh, what are you looking forward to on espn plus yeah, and the the apex isn't a basement; it's an arena next door. It's it's a freestanding arena. Um, wait, wait, you just wait, you just have an arena? Like you just have your office, and then you just also have. Yeah, an we built our own arena next door. <laughs> oh, you are awesome, dude. You are you are the fucking best, dude. You are the absolute. We have, we have our own arena, our own our own studio. Um, we can do anything next door. There isn't anything that we can't do. We can beam this thing live anywhere in the world. We don't need trucks. We have all our own equipment. 
we're 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 oh, good. Man, that's awesome. So I didn't know that. I had no idea that you just build another arena. Of course you did. You build an island. You build a, the, <laughs> you build an arena. This fight this weekend, though, what should people be looking forward to? Every time I follow along with the fights on your Twitter, you always go like, "Hey, this is that fight I was telling you about." And then all of a sudden, the next thing I see is a clip coming across the internet of a human losing their head very quickly. So what should we be looking forward to this weekend? We've been that's on. If you don't know now, you know we've been damn good with that. We've been killing it. Um, but I'm telling you right now, this entire it's the last pay-per-view of the year, um, and this card is stacked top to bottom with unbelievable fights. Figueredo and Moreno, these guys just fought three weeks ago, and they both went one by first-round finishes. They're turning around in just three weeks. And um, Figueredo has been murdering everybody. The guy is an absolute savage. Moreno, if he wins, he's the first-ever um, Mexican world champion. Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira is the co-main event. Number three ranked Tony Ferguson, one of the best in the world. He's trying to get back uh, in title contention. Charles Oliveira has been setting records left and right. Finishes. He's tied for number one with 16 finishes. He owns the record for submissions. Uh, 14 wins. Um, and he is number two all time whoa, whoa, on the whoa. bonus list with 16 bonuses, which is over $800,000. Let's go. Yeah, this card is stacked. You got Kevin Holland, up and coming dude versus Jacare. Uh, Junior Dos Santos versus Surreal Gagne. Two big badass heavyweights who knock people out. Um, and the list goes on and on. Yeah, I'm pumped. To- hey. I'm ready to run through a wall for this Saturday, man, over yeah. there in your own goddamn arena. I can't wait to watch it. Can I talk to you about some other fights that are potentially coming into the world as well? Talk to me. What do you think about Tyson Roy Jones? Uh, listen, I, I thought that they both look good. I, I, You know, when you got a guy who hasn't fought as long as Tyson has. Ten years um, or whatever. You know, and, and put on a bunch of weight, then got back in shape and lost it. and He looked damn good. Tyson looked like Tyson. He looked good. I thought... I. I it exceeded my expectations. And that night we had a fight, and I had our fights right here on, on, on ESPN. You know, and obviously we were there live, and I had the Tyson fight on the table, too, and I watched both. Hey, Snoop Dogg, you should maybe think about getting him in there. That guy stole the show that night. He was hysterical and electric. Snoop started with us. Oh, I didn't know that because I saw he did L.A. Kings hockey, and he started doing other things. I didn't know that he was with you as well. That, yeah, he started with us. By the way, it makes he sense. He and I were at a party one night, and, and we always <laughs> wanted to work together. So when I started the show, uh, Dana White's Contender Series, he he was uh, the commentator the first season. <laughs> of course you he did. Was awesome. <laughs> of course you, yeah, of course you did. Uh, what do you think about YouTubers getting into this whole game? Obviously, it's going to take a long to get like as as crafty and skilled as a boxer, but I think they're bringing a lot of attention to combat sports, don't you think? It's crazy to it's crazy to be fighting Floyd Mayweather, but listen, <laughs> these guys these guys can you know. They're all trying to make money. Good luck to him. Uh, Conor McGregor, is he going to get back into the boxing game? Because uh, the last time, whenever you announced the Poirier fight, Poirier fight, he said, basically, I'm just honing in my skills, right? He he wants to be, I think, known as like a guy who can do it all, which, by the way, in his boxing match against Floyd Mayweather, I think he exceeded all expectations. What is your future, you think, with him in, in the UFC and fighting, and what do you think he's going to end up doing long term? I think that anybody who, who you know, just listen, I'm not comparing Connor to the YouTube kids, but, um, you know, you go in there against these these professional boxers, that that's what they've been doing their whole life. Got guys like Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, 
I, I think you're going to get the same result every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what's the future of the UFC? It feels like you're never going to slow down, huh? You're just going to take this thing to bigger and better heights? We're on fire this year, man. Everything has been really good. Ratings are up. Um, pay-per-view will probably break the pay-per-view records uh, this weekend after this event. And then, um, I don't know, man. It's all good. Yeah, just, the Nelk- just doing what we do. Just plugging along. Hey, the Nelk boys going over Fight Island was insane, by the way. Just yeah. watching <laughs> behind the scenes. How did that all come about? So they reached out to me and, and wanted to come to, to, to Fight Island um, to check out some fights. And, and, and I knew about them through my kids. So I, I had already seen their stuff, and uh, and, and I like them. They're, they're actually really good kids. So, yeah, they came out. We had a good time, and uh, it was fun. Yeah, you guys ended up on a goddamn presidential stage. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, what ended up happening was I found out that, that they were big Trump fans. So I'm like, when I get back, I'm jumping on the plane with them and heading over to Arizona. So uh, they wanted to go, so... I got it done. <laughs> Watching along on the internet for those boys, because we've seen the Nelk boys. I've seen them grow up almost on the internet as just a, a person who's been wowed by the things that they will do. And then watching that whole thing, I'm like, these motherfuckers did it, man. Good for, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I feel like these guys did it. Uh, last question before we let you go. You know you got a lot of things going on. Uh, do you have in mind when you think people are going to be able to get back into the arenas and watch the gladiators battle each other or what? I don't know, man. I mean, if you look, I was in L.A. yesterday and it's, fucking crazy over there it's, it's like such a it's a very creepy feeling when you're in la man it's very creepy yeah I can and imagine. i i i mean they're they're still all shut down and and i i'm not even focused on fans or any of that stuff yet we got the arena next door we're gonna keep doing what we're doing we'll open up the fans when you can open up the fans and i can sell out an arena that's when we'll have fans again other than that I'm running the business just like I did in 2020. Were you worried that the product was going to be bad without the crowd? Because there are some sports that are terrible without the crowd. I agree with you. Um, I really wasn't worried about it because I had all the experience from the Ultimate Fighter where there were no fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was actually pretty cool to watch with no fans on the Ultimate Fighter. So I said, man, if it's fun on the Ultimate Fighter, wait till you get, you know, the level of a, of a, of a Figueredo versus Moreno. Which happens, by the way, this weekend, UFC 256. Dana, thank you so much for your time. Good luck on the next couple billion, boss man. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. No problem, ladies and gentlemen, Dana White. Uh, we all just changed our shirts, obviously, uh, right back into it. Good conversation there with Dana. He said he will not put anybody into the arena until he can pack out the entire place. Yeah. We're not doing 10% filled, 15% filled, nah, nah, nah. Until we can pack out the house, we won't do it. What else did we learn in there? Oh, yeah, you just build an arena next to uh-huh. the office. Yeah, Hilarious. Man. Had no idea. I honestly, I feel like I watched uh, a lot of those Apex fights there that were happening. I thought it was in the basement. I, I, I legitimately thought it was in the basement, smaller cage, everything like that. I did believe that. Uh, good conversation. Anytime you can be a business that buys something for $2 million and then you have 2,000x growth and then you sell it for $4 billion, like, good for you. Probably. Yeah. Way to go. Mm-hmm. Big of him to, you know, respect Disney enough, too, to cancel that event and just kind of. I could have done it, he said. Yeah. Yeah. I could have done it. That, that had to be. Because I remember the interview of him. 
I think it might have been on ESPN saying that he was doing it because of ESPN, basically. It looked like he had not slept maybe five, six days trying to figure out how he was mm-hmm. going to do this thing. And uh, I told him and Vince McMahon were the two at the very beginning of this thing. They were like, we do not stop for anything. Yeah. It was like COVID fuck COVID. <laughs> the show must go on. And by the way, they have, and they did. And there was a lot of obviously PR obstacles in the middle of all of that and everything like that. But here we are. Who knows if we're anywhere near the other side. Actually, it t- right. turns out we might be right back in the middle of this. Whole thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pennsylvania's locked down, uh-huh. isn't it? Uh-huh. Pennsylvania's locked down California. again. Uh, California, New obviously York. locked down. New York's locked down. Uh, Indianapolis is slowly the the the, yeah. the, the the regressing back into the stages or whatever. So I guess we don't know anything. So Everything I just said was a lie, but it's been fun, man. Hey, it's yeah, been fun watching yeah. everybody kind of figure it out. Uh, speaking of figure it out, I wish the college football playoff committee would just figure it the fuck out. Jeez. Okay? Now, we know it's not an easy job to pick people and pick things whenever they don't have the exact same comps or comparables, right? So unless everybody played the same exact teams, then you'd be able to tell who's better than who. But the way this entire college football playoff thing is setting up, it very obviously is just a Power 5, uh, four-team tournament, basically. If there was any year to potentially have a team that isn't one of the Power Five conferences into the college football playoff, it would be this year. And if it was any team to do it, it would be the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, the BYU squad was up for conversation, obviously, and they took a game on two days' notice because that's what a team that isn't from a Power Five conference can do because the Power Five uh, conference greedy corporate fat cats try to make every decision and slow everything down. BYU took a game on two days' notice, flew down to Myrtle Beach, which, by the way, most people aren't flying into Myrtle Beach with only two days' notice in general okay Myrtle Beach is a place that you need to have at least three four days to get your mind right whenever you're flying into Myrtle Beach because of what it is they said we'll go do it they lose to the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers who by the way having an incredible year still undefeated as well and I don't think that that's not saying anything against the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers I just think Cincinnati is the team this year that has the athletic uh, team the record the resume they've played like 11 games at this point if if they're all undefeated it just feels like Cincinnati would be the team after numerous years of success as well they didn't just come out of nowhere they were good last year as well it feels like Cincinnati would be the team this year that if any team in any year ever had a chance it'd be this year Cincinnati in the college football playoffs said uh how many games Ohio State play more than one yeah all right well fucking Ohio State's in there (laughs) that's basically what they did so now it's a full conversation the Big Ten's changing rules so that Ohio State can go into the Big Ten championship against Northwestern and that's only so that the Big Ten can have a representative in the college football playoff because the college football playoff although it is much better than the BCS system that there was before. And although the college football playoff system is something that we yearned for for a long, long time, just have a playoff where we can pick more than just one team or two teams to battle it out for the national championship. Let teams earn their way to this thing. And they said, you want it, you got it. College football playoff, four teams, final four, how you doing, keep it moving. But now that we've seen that that is successful and it does work, and we've learned about some teams that are maybe overhyped and they get the doors absolutely blown off in the playoffs. Or maybe a team wins that we don't think isn't it time maybe this year especially with all the bullshit going on to open this thing up a little bit more Mm -hmm. and some people say why not go four to eight and i'm like yeah that's good eight's good because then i know cincinnati will get in and i think cincinnati would be able to get a win in that eight game one and maybe even make it into the final four and that would be a big hiya suck it to the college football playoff committee if they were able to do that because they never would have got a chance with just the four it had to go to eight but the internet came alive and the internet does what the internet does and this morning when i woke up i saw a six 16 team college football playoff bracket. And I'll tell you what, consider me and I think everybody else in this building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Fans of this setup right here. You have 16 teams for the 2021 National Championship. Well, it's the 2020 National Championship that'll be held in 2021. Uh, college football playoff edits made this thing. It's incredible. You have one through 16, which means you have one play 16, two play 15, and obviously you go down from there. Number one's Alabama. Number two's Notre Dame. Number three is Clemson. Number four is Ohio State. They all have their own brackets, obviously. One is the P. Peach Bowl bracket, one's the Cotton Bowl bracket, one's the Orange Bowl bracket, and one's the Fiesta Bowl bracket. Then the semis would be the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl, and then the National Championship would be at the end of the entire thing. Alabama takes on Iowa in a first-round matchup. Ty says there's no hotter team than Iowa (laughs) because Iowa has won consecutive games. I'd argue that Alabama has been the hottest team this entire season. That offense puts up 3,000 points against anybody and everybody. How do you feel about Iowa? Alabama there early. Yeah, Alabama is the maybe the hottest team in the nation. I said I was the hottest team in the Big Ten. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But I love this. I mean, you go out, you shock the world, and then boom, in the Rose Bowl, we're going to end up getting the Big Ten championship that everybody wanted, uh, Iowa and Ohio State. And the interesting thing about this is, I think if you were to poll every single school that was in this, every one of their fans, every single media person, everybody would say, this is awesome. Let's do this. Uh-huh. Let's do it. And then it would get in behind closed doors, and the people that would have to vote on it somehow would be smarter than everybody else and say, can't do it, can't happen because of insert name reason here, whatever, and it would never take place. But, boy, it's nice to dream about a 16-team college football playoff and that thing get to the top. And let's see who is the real champion. Cincinnati gets a chance to prove it. they got to play Georgia. Hate to break it to the Bulldogs. I think Cincinnati beats the Bulldogs. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, and that is going to be very tough for Bulldogs fans to, uh, to handle. But I want to tell you my thoughts on this exactly. Cincinnati reminds me of the West Virginia team that I was on. Very athletic team, okay? And everybody thought that our Big East team couldn't keep up with anybody in the SEC or in the Big 12 because we didn't have the athletes or the speed. We fucking beat the shit out of Georgia. I think Cincinnati would do the same goddamn thing. I think Cincinnati would beat Georgia. Now, do I think Cincinnati would then have to go on and beat Iowa or Alabama? What a tilt. Could be tough there. Could be tough there. But I think Cincinnati, if you set it up like this, would potentially steal a win against the Bulldogs strictly because of their athleticism. I think they'll be able to keep up, and I like the way fickle coaches. And then you look around a couple of the other teams, you got the Chanticleers in there. Now they have to play Ohio State. How do we think that one ends up? Probably not great for Coastal Carolina, (laughs) but at least their fans got to say, we had a chance in that whole thing. IU, Texas A&M, let's have a game. Good game. Let's have a game. I think this would be amazing. Now, Clemson, Northwestern, I think we all assume how that one goes, but that's Clemson's going to have that against anybody. And you assume Alabama's going to end up taking on Clemson. They'll probably climb through there. Because will Notre Dame be able to beat Clemson again if Trevor Lawrence is playing. I mean, okay, you can say whatever you want about the defense on Clemson, but Trevor Lawrence accounts for a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the type of thing. So I just think this would be fantastic. I'm just never, we all know that there's no chance of it ever happening, no, which just, is sucks, by the way. It's just too good to be true. Sucks. It's just too good to be true. <laughs> Sometimes you see something, you think of something, and you're like, it seems like everybody would be on board with this. Probably could make it happen logistically if you let people just figure it out and just kind of go with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, but there's no chance of it happening because there's some asshole somewhere that isn't going to get his pockets greased enough to say yes to it. Oh, and wouldn't the committee just want to put in like a Cincinnati one time just to, you know, either shut everybody up or open the door for all the other teams that aren't Power Five that, you know, go in undefeated? Yeah. I'd... <sighs> Be too nice. It would just make too much sense. Too much sense. Yeah. This would make too much sense to do that. And I assume people won't, I don't know. People should be pushing for this. It'd though. be awesome. I mean, yeah. 
Where is the it happens. general? We push for it every single year. It doesn't happen. And by the way, they'll talk about how many games. There's only a couple of, a couple of these teams that have been able to play a full schedule amount of games. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the next, well, we'll cut into next semester. It's like next semester they're at their houses anyways, man. I don't even think they're allowed to go back to school. So this would be the year to do something like this, and they won't, obviously. They'll miss the opportunity. And then five years down the road, they'll say, you know what? We should have probably, or it'll become something like this. They're like, we could have. And it's like, yeah, you could have, but you fucking didn't. You On know this- what? Because of money in your pocket. Probably. On this show last year, we devised a plan where it was the same same thing, and the uh, the college football championship was played on the exact same day. So it wouldn't have been any more weeks, yeah. more football games, but not more weeks. Yeah, it's also dumb. And by the way, if if you want to keep your rule, which they have, if COVID gets involved, it's just a no play and just move forward, then you do it. Then yeah. teams have to deal with, like Liberty, they had college game day at a game that they could have been at, but they got COVID on Thursday, which is a bummer. So BYU came in and took it. If if your team gets COVID because that is something that can happen in the middle of this whole goddamn thing, then you just lose and the other team moves on. And by the way, if you have enough to field a team, yeah. probably going to put your team out there. Yeah, you have enough to play. Wow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Ryan. Yeah! Let's go, Rob! Yeah! Oh, yeah! How you doing? I'm doing outstanding. How about you? Hey, that hair is so glorious. I, I mean, it is something that – at what point in your life did you know, okay, I have glorious hair and the world deserves to see it? Is there ever a thought of you cutting that thing? Never, huh? Well, now, I used to cut it when I was in Oakland uh, once a year for Locks of Love. Okay. And then uh, – then so we did that for five years. Then we went on uh, – man, Jeannie made me get a haircut uh, in <laughs> Cleveland <laughs> – and uh and it never grew back as fast so my wife's like no no you're not going to do that anymore so we just get to trim and we stay with that well by the way i'm very happy your wife said that because your hair is gorgeous (laughs) for those that are just listening you're missing a good flow right now um what have you are you so right now you're not coaching anywhere right you're just hanging out is that what's going on are you going to get back in are you chilling what's going on are you going to follow your brother's route on television i assume you're just as electric as rex is on tv what is the plan rob well the plan's definitely to coach again uh I've been doing the same uh, job that Rex was, except I'm doing it overseas at Sky Sports. Oh. Uh, and I'm huge over there. Uh, <laughs> the queen's a little bigger than me, but but that's about it. And maybe that Anthony Joshua. Yeah. I know you had the, the wrestling and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm pretty big there. But uh, I'm definitely going to coach football again. It's what I do best. And uh, I can't wait to do it. I'm, I'm excited. You kind of get rejuvenated. Uh, you know, watching all these other teams fail, especially on defense this year, uh, man, I'm like, shoot, I know I could do better now. <laughs> all right, so it's a good confidence builder. You know, build your name up in Europe a little bit. Also, watching people make terrible play calls. Your bro- oh, yeah. Your brother's rant about Greg Williams' cover zero on that Hail Mary situation was epic. Is that is that one of those things where, and I've talked to A.J. Hawk, obviously a good defensive mind, Darius Butler, friend of mine, he has a, a defensive Every human I've talked to thus far about that has said, the worst call they've ever seen. Is there a reason? You think he called that in an attempt to get fired at that particular point? Do you think that was it? Uh, no, I think he's pretty much had that locked up before. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, as a guy who's made several bad calls in his life, uh, I've had some bad ones where he just regrets like, God almighty, why'd I do that? And, uh, you know, I've been booed by the Raiders stadium on my way off the field once. That was a unique experience. <laughs> and, uh, you know, flipping them off and the whole works. But, uh, you know, but they were right. Uh, but that was a terrible call. I mean, look, there's a time and a place for zero blitzes and, and uh, 
But those are got to have it in the game situations, you know, where it's like, hey, it's fourth and 12. They got to have it. You know, it's not the jump ball scenario. Nobody in the right mind does that. And uh, be honest with you, I can remember when my son was being recruited by Greg's son at uh, one of the directional Louisiana schools. Greg was out there, and, and the game before, I had hit a pressure, but it was an overload pressure for the last play of the game on a jump ball. But we were still boxing receivers out and had a guy jumping. He's like, Rob, that was the greatest call. I tell you, I love the pressure on those situations. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, what do you mean? I just hit four guys. But uh, when, I, when I think back about it, you know, man, I, maybe I contributed to the negative. <laughs> you know, once you start piecing those, the, those dots yeah. together, you're like, that was on me probably. Now that I think about it. And then, then your brother's trending while Greg Williams gets fired because of his rant on GetUp. I mean, the Ryan family's pulling the strings out there now that we think about it. Um, you grew up in a football family, obviously. Uh, you're, you're a lot of success everywhere that you go and coach players absolutely love you. Like what, whenever you, cause coaching is a lot of who, you know, right? Like normally groups of friends kind of go, but you've been, you've been around now. You were with Belichick for a while. You've been with, with Peyton. You're at the Raiders. Like you've been around all these places. What is it about, you know, your, uh, ability to coach or get along with people that you've been able to bounce around through different trees, coaching trees and things like that. Is it because of how long you've been around the game or production? What do you think it is? Uh, I think it's just being yourself. I think it's like you with your show. You've had all this success, but it's because you are who you are. And I think any kind of business, as long as you are true to yourself, that's uh, what I tell my son Matthew who's now at Alabama. Uh, as he's a student coach out there, uh, working under some great guys, but it's, uh, you know, it just gotta be yourself. And I think the best thing about coaching in, in any league, the national football league or in college is the relationships you have with your players. They're the best thing about football. Uh, you know, I like the X's and O's I always have. I love to scheme people. I love the, the competition against the great coaches, but really it's the players they're interacting with the players and the coaches every day that make it such a great deal. And, and it's just, it, it's never boring. It's, it's exactly like uh, probably your job. You have all these different guests on it, and it's entertaining. It's, it's exciting. It's fun. It keeps you young. And, uh, and that's what's so great about our sport is, is the great people in it. How hard was it to be – by the way, thank you for your compliment. Our show sucks, but people enjoy it. So. <laughs> I watch it. I like it. Oh, hey, hey. thank you. Hey, hey, hey. Long time watcher. Hey, well, we appreciate that a lot. That means that, that's awesome. We'll try to get better for you. Um, yeah, good, good. What was it like being the assistant head coach alongside your brother? I assume that was something you guys had talked about probably around Thanksgiving meals or holiday meals, whenever you guys had a chance while you're coaching other places to come together. Then in Buffalo, you two got to come. What was that like? Was it just, uh, was it everything you planned? Was it everything you dreamed of with Rex up there? Well, I'll tell you what. Rex is fantastic, like always. He, he's a, a tremendous head football coach. But it was it was hard for me because uh, I know we had a great staff there. It, it's I just wanted more from everybody. I, I, I was the bad guy there. I held coaches accountable, players accountable. Everybody, I think, hated me in the building. It's the only time I ever was in a situation like that. Uh, and I think I just kind of overdid it because I wanted to fight for my brother I knew we had a bad team. We had the worst general manager in the history of football. So it's like, hey, let's get in here. Let's try to turn this thing around. 
and I just force fed it, and I, I was a complete failure there. I really was. And uh, everywhere else I've been, I've taken some lumps, but I've always been great. I, I always enjoy everybody in the building. I think I make people better. Uh, but there, I think think I was a little too hard on everybody. I expected too much, and, and it was a learning experience. And uh, hopefully Rex gets another chance, and hopefully I wasn't the cause of his last uh, coach. <laughs> oh, no, that is not why I brought that up. But I, I always say to him, anytime I get to talk, I'm like, the league needs you as a head coach again. The league needs you as a head coach again. He said, well, I'm, they're never going to hire me. They're never going to hire me. He, he says he's not on the list or whatever that is. I, I assume there's yeah. some inside conspiracy going. You, you coach up at the Patriots as well, right? And right. you and I in the whole football world who has never – well, you you got to coach up there, but before going in there, and this was back, I think, as the dynasty was kicking off, right? This was yeah, back yeah, whenever the right dynasty – could you guys feel it whenever it was getting started? Did you know that there was going to be something special there? Like what was that building like and what was Bill Belichick like? Because the only thing I know about him is whatever they allow us to know about him. Yesterday he shit on some reporter after the game. It was awesome, cut him off, and just kind of <laughs> kept him moving. Then every once in a while you'll see the do-your-job thing and he did that NFL Top 100 show. But what was it like? Is he, is he different than most football guys you've been around? Or did you know that there was something special building there whenever you were, were you, uh, behind the scenes up there? All right. Well, first of all, uh, when I went and interviewed, uh, I had a six-hour interview. He had all these coordinators in there, and it was for a linebacker job. And, and I'm killing the thing. I know I'm just tearing <laughs> the thing up. And then, then I look at him, and he's just rubbing his head. He's like, oh, we're so different. I'm like, man, whatever, dude. So, uh, but I somehow got the job then. And then I'm there the first year we were five and 11 and I can think to myself and I've fought this guy every single day on defenses and everything. And nobody else would say a word. We didn't have a D coordinator. And, uh, I'm like, man, this guy's terrible. I'm going to go coach in college. So, uh, I called my friend Les Miles. I was going to go back to college <laughs> And uh, the secretary had me on hold, and she's like, well, Rob, I think he's in there with this guy. He just hired his coordinator. I'm like, well, I better go back to New England. <laughs> so I went back to New England, and I went and we broke down Miami and the Colts, you guys, uh, and we did a long thing. It was me and Mangini broke them all down for three weeks. We were actually in the football office longer than Rex was, and he was getting ready to play a Super Bowl. And we were the worst team in football, and it, you know, it was during that time. And then I got to go see Rex coach in the game, and I'm sitting up in the stands. You know, Rex gave me a cheap seat in the end zone. <laughs> All the other good ones went somewhere else. Yeah. But I'm like, it's interesting. I'm like, this is crazy, man. My brother's in the Super Bowl. I'm so far away from that. We stink. We're never going to get there. And then we won two of the next three Super Bowls. So uh, <laughs> apparently Belichick was pretty good. <laughs> I learned so much football from that guy. He is amazing. The, the, I think the first year he just honestly wanted to build, one uh, to evaluate the building, his players, his coaches, the how the whole league worked, you know, how his team worked. And then he fired a ton of people, players, coaches, everybody. And the guys that were left, he picked up and made a team out of. And I think that's where you see Flores having success in his second year. I think uh, this Joe Judge came in hard like that. But he's they have another agenda in mind. And uh, obviously, I think Josh did that. He, he let him go before he could actually get his plan done, also with Eric. Uh, you know, these guys have seen it work that way. Uh, but he really is tremendous. And, 
and he knows situational football better than anybody, and that's why they've been so consistently great forever. The the narrative, I don't know how much time you spend on the internet, Rob. Um, you should, by the way. You're loved on there. So it, 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 well, You're loved My on there. My son does, though. He's good at it. Well, and if he's coaching <laughs> Alabama, too, I think he's about to win a natty, so congrats to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congrats, congrats to and him. And he won one already at Clemson as a player. <laughs> no big deal. How you doing? He's not going to have enough fingers by the time he becomes an actual coach. Um, I don't know if you've seen the internet, though, and you said you haven't. This morning, since the Belichick lost to the Rams last night in their – 0.7% chance to make to the playoffs, and they haven't won- lost seven games since, like, whatever, 2000-something. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> yeah, you were <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. What, Between but, Super Bowls, we were 9-7. and seven. Well, yeah. Okay, so the interesting thing, though, is the Internet's starting to turn on Belichick. You know, they're starting to give out these stats. They're like, without Tom Brady, this is what Bill Belichick is with and without him. This was before he got to the New England. Is Bill even a good coach? And it's insane because that's just the world we live in. If you have any failures, then obviously people are going to turn on you but when you're in the coaching business you talked about the Raiders fans booing you out of there and everything is that just something you understand like okay I'm going to move around a lot uh, I'm probably going to be talked bad about at the end of my my tenure at this place and I just got to hope to get people better is that just something that's just understood in the coaching world you've been around it obviously longer than any other human on earth yeah I mean we grew up with it you yeah. know my father was a coach and uh, and probably the best defense coach that ever coached he and Bill Belichick so I work with two pretty good guys. But, uh, you know, it just comes with the territory. Uh, I think the biggest thing is if you're a real leader and you're a real coordinator, you, you stand up and you take the hits for your team uh, and you don't let it get to your players. And I think that's uh, something I've always been proud of. I'm tough enough to take it. Uh, we always say you have to have skin like an armadillo. You know, stuff think, oh, it bounces off you. I mean, you can take a hit. It's no big deal. And, and the other thing is, it's when you actually are, at, are having some problems, uh, it's okay to stand there and take it and, uh, and tell your team, hey, that's on me or whatever it is. Uh, but everybody knows. So, uh, you know, it's, it's nothing to have some accountability. But I think the best teams are accountable to each other. And, uh, you know, it's just the way that the, the game is. And, you know, you're going to coach as long as you can. You're going to do the best job you can. I put everybody to sleep. I outwork everybody out in the National Football League and always that. That's that's just not talking. That's just the truth. Because I got nothing else to do. What am I going to do? Go home, sleep? I mean, come on, please. I'm going to go in there and try my best, uh, you know, to do a great job. And, and, uh, uh, you know, but you get fired. I mean, hell, that's part of it. Okay. So you are, you know, kind of reborn, revitalized, re-energized, re-everything like that. Are you seeing a turn in football at all that you would have to change or adapt the way you coach or any strategies? Because there's a conversation happening in Dallas. There's a bug flying around this goddamn place. (laughs) There's a conversation (laughs) happening down in Dallas that maybe Nolan in his scheme or whatever is outdated, and that's why they're just getting dog-walked every single weekend and the players didn't buy in. Whenever you're out of it for a year or however long you've been out of it, is there any thought that, okay, I have to adapt, or has it not been long enough for the game to change? Because – I mean, Cam Newton threw for 67 yards a week ago, and they won the game. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw for like 100 and something. They won by 17. Uh, there's been numerous times now where the pass game, which is the entire conversation piece in the last like, couple of years, where teams are winning without it now. Is there anything that you think you would have to change, or what do you think defenses are kind of molding into if you were to get back into coaching? 
Well, I think this. I think every year the game evolves. I mean, every every year it does. And the weirdest thing is is how good things in the National Football League come back. Uh, you know, for a while there, the 3-4 defense, everybody was running it, and then nobody was running it. Now all of a sudden it's coming back a little bit. It happened with my dad's 46 defense. You know, they were dominating everybody. Then all of a sudden everybody was trying to do it. Teams started coming up with certain plays. Uh, but now that's coming back. You're seeing a lot of it, especially in college. But uh, absolutely the game changes. But on defense, if you're worth a salt as a defensive coach, you have always been able to adapt, overcome, adjust. Uh, that's part of defensive coaching. You can't just draw it on, on a piece of paper and say, hey, we're going to run this play. That's what you can do on offense. You can't do that on defense. What is the biggest thing on defense? Just having guys that will go get it? Well, I mean, that's the best thing. If you've got guys that are, that are, are physical and tough, that's, that's number one. It always has. Uh, but, you know, you used to always say you have to pass your SATs. You know, guys are like, no, I'm terrible on the SAT. No, no, just be smart, athletic, and tough. You can, play in any, you can play in any situation. We don't care if you got a four on the test uh, <laughs> as long as you go hit somebody in the mouth. And, and the one thing in professional sports, and you know this, Pat, being a wrestler, uh, every, single, every single physical team wins. Yeah. If you're the most physical, you win. That's just the way it is. And I don't care if you're playing hockey, football, basketball, Physical teams win, and uh, and that's a lot of it. So the X's and O's are important, but you got to put your guys in position what they do best and uh, and get after it. And and I think uh, right now with Mike Nolan, I th- I just think it's uh, been a combination of, of there's no off season, there might not be a buy in that you would expect when you stand in front of guys, you get energized, you get excited mm-hmm. about it, and they can see you here. I don't know, I don't know what it's like coaching. With the with the Zoom and, and all that stuff, uh, me and Rex talked to the Ravens defense, uh, you know, for a little bit, and you know they've got uh, great players, and Martindale does a great job there. It's a guy that we coached with in college and in pro football. So uh, uh, I just think it's it's fun. It's a skill, uh, you know, that you have to be able to adapt to the games, and that's what best defensive coaches do. You know, the most physical teams, obviously you got to have the guys that are physical, but I feel like guys are much more willing to lay it out there if they like each other, if they buy into the system. Like I, People are always like, well, we don't have guys that are physical. It's like, or maybe you don't have guys that are bought in that want to sell out for you yet. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like I think those kind of go hand in hand. I think whenever people say like, oh, they just got to be more physical, I think it's much deeper than that. Like I, I think, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I <laughs> yeah, think, there's no question. I mean, look, you know how hard it is to yeah. play that game. Yeah. I mean, you know how violent that sport is. I mean, that's, uh, you know, those are the alpha males, man. Those are the toughest of the tough. And, and uh, you know, it's easy to say, hey, go in there and whip that guard's, you know, ass and make the play, throw them off, make the tackle. Well, it's another thing of doing it. So <laughs> if you guys, you know, they have to believe in you before you're going to get them to do anything. Yeah. And, and that's just the truth. Connor. Yeah, Rob, uh, Cam Newton came out this year and said that Bill Belichick can predict the future uh, of the games that they're going to play. Did that ever happen when you were there? And then also, uh, is there a reason that he's so reluctant to name a defensive coordinator for the team? I'll tell you what, with uh, with Belichick, you know, he, he does see the game. He, he can't go uh, and watch like a baseball game. We go to a baseball game with the Red Sox after we won a Super Bowl. Mangini uh, hooked us up with tickets because his uh, brother-in-law was a GM for the Indians. So anyway, we go Shapiro, 
Anyway, we go to a game, and I used to play baseball pretty damn good, if I say so myself. Anyway, but uh, we're, we're out there, and I'm having a great time. We've all had a bunch of beers. Everybody's having a great time. All of a sudden, Belichick walks in the place. I'm like, ah, damn. And he sat next to me, and I'm like, ah. So, and he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, well, Rob, uh, they started to have some rain and everything, a rain delay. And he's like, well, Rob, do they have first base and third base coaches? I'm like, yeah, yeah, they do. You know, yeah, hell yeah, they do. All excited because I knew the answer. And uh, all of a sudden, he comes back. There's a rain delay, and he starts talking, you know, shooting the breeze. I'm telling about bench coaches and pitching coaches. And sure enough, they get back to the game, and Dwight Evans, the Hall of Famer, all right, with the great arm, he's coaching first base. Well, they get out there. They got a guy on first. Two strikes come by, and there's no first base coach. Well, here comes Dwight Evans, and he's kind of laughing, running out there. Belichick stands up and, and rips him. Hey, wake up! <laughs> and starts ripping the guy. He can't watch a TV without seeing the dials. You know, like he'll say, hey, we're on an RCA set today. Hey, we're watching Sony. He, he sees everything. And uh, the best story about that, real quick, long story boring, we're playing the Rams. We get absolutely destroyed. It was a night game. But we were in it early, and then we blow the game. All right, and that year we were uh, after the five and eleven season, our, set, our second year in New England. And at this point, Belichick hasn't said anything positive to the team. He gets up there, blames the entire game on himself, and he goes, "I'll tell you what, I'll make this promise to you guys: if you play and coach as hard as you did last night, we'll play these guys again." And you talk about a vision. We did. We played the Rams later and beat them in the Super Bowl, and we won nine straight. That's Belichick's vision, and that's the type of guy he sees. He sees the big picture. He doesn't see just, you know, something like, you know, oh, look at that guy. He doesn't see that. He sees everything. Oh, my God. That's awesome. And I heard he has, like, um, he has team meetings, like, day of game, uh, where he'll, like, kind of recruit. I mean, it's just, you hear this folk lore about it and all this shit, and I know there's a lot of other great football coaches out there, too. So to hear one like yourself, legendary football coach, uh, say stuff like that, like, we appreciate it. You, you were a baseball player? Did you also play hockey? Didn't you? Weren't you guys big oh, hockey? Oh, yeah, played hockey. Uh, yeah, I wasn't real good there, but uh, skate. Can't I like skate. to say I was an enforcer. Back then, nobody, <laughs> I, I could barely stand on my skate. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed playing. But uh, baseball, me and Rex, all, we were supposed to be on baseball scholarship, ended up playing in football scholarship, uh, you know, so at Southwestern Oklahoma. It's a lot of letters, but uh, <laughs> it, it was fun. You know, it was uh, it was great, great time. I love baseball, and uh, you know, still do. When you see players like Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt, and these guys, uh, do you just you think like, okay, if I'm going to find a spot, obviously it'd be nice to have one of those guys. <laughs> it would be nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those they, those are guys that just change the game, right? If you have a game record like that on the defensive line that changes everything, what's the most important? A piece of a defense, you think? Because Rex had Revis there for a bit, which everybody right. said changed the math because Revis was able to do whatever. So Rex was able to have 10 guys do whatever they wanted, a defensive line. What's the most important piece to have a guy at, you think, in a defense? Well, I'll tell you what. I think, obviously, somebody in the middle of your defense, like a, a dominant D tackle, like you mentioned, an Aaron Donald, J.J. Uh, uh, Watt. I mean, look, J.J. Watt came into our building in Dallas, and I saw this kid, he's beautiful, he's massive guy, talks football, he's smart, he's passionate. 
And I'm like, so I tell Jerry, I'm like, my God, if you bring that guy, you know, how can you draft anybody but him? I mean, he had the best, the best looking guy. Like this guy's perfect for our defense. Well, we end up taking Tyron Smith, end up being a pretty good player. But I'm like, if we're not going to draft this JJ Watt, don't bring another guy in like that again. <laughs> you know, but uh, but he's so passionate. He had these huge hands. He he disrupted the game, the passing, you know, the passing game. Whether he's deflected passes and sacking quarterbacks, I mean, he he was a game changer. But I would say you want to start with a guy in the middle like that. If you have a once in a lifetime corner like Rebus, I had Nabi Osimwa, who was similar at at that time in Oakland. And we were we were the top pass defense in football three years. Uh, we were top five in pass defense. It's pretty easy to call a game when you got a guy like him. But you still, you take the pass rusher. I had Warren Sapp. He was fantastic. Burgess led the league in sacks. Anytime you can get guys like that, that's that's uh, they, they'll tilt the field for real. <sighs> Rob, we can't thank you enough, man. We hope you come back on. I know you're busy in Europe being a superstar and all that shit. No, I'm out now. I'm back in San Diego, but uh, oh. enjoying my son, Coach. I was in uh, Alabama for two weeks stealing some of their defenses, <laughs> and uh, but hanging out with my son and, and uh, watching him work with those great coaches like uh, George Banco and, and uh, Freddie Roach and and uh, Patrick Riley. So it's, it's, it's great. It's so cool to see my son coach. I almost teared up when I looked out there and saw him talking to that Barmore, who's one of the best players in the country. And he's actually listening to my son. That was like, wow, this is going to be all right. You know, and uh, I can't wait to see him coach for a long time, too. Third generation. I assume you guys will coach together at some point, just like you and your brother did. Next time, it'll all work out better. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> legendary NFL man, Rob Ryan. Thank Here you. Cheers, man. His hair is unbelievable. Oh, man. Incredible. By the way, when you've been around football since 1987, I had Warren Sapp. Blah, 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 blah. Is, yeah. He is a guy that his players love. That's hilarious. He had to be the bad guy up in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. He probably hated that role. Like, you hear him talk yeah, about yeah, it. He's yeah. like, I fucking dreaded being that guy. <laughs> Listen, you all stink. Like Somebody has to be the guy that's like, hey, you showed up late. You didn't do anything. You all stink. You're lucky Rex is here. If I was, I'd, <laughs> like, and then he goes back into his room. He's like, oh. I'm being too mean to these people. Ah, oh, fuck, got to do it again. Here we go. That's worst, a tough role. Worst gym in sports. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, that was that was a, saw him down. That was quite a shot. Who was it? Doug Whaley. I mean, he's not in the league anymore. Yeah, well, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that is uh, something that's very obvious there. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that the holidays are here, Ty. They are here. Have you made your wish list yet? A little bit. Yeah. You put some things together? You know, here and there. Well, our sponsor today has the number one wished for gift of the year, Manscaped. The best in men's below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker, which is an ear and nose hair trimmer. It's waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. My God, it sounds like the engine in Santa sleigh. Yeah, it is like the engine of Santa Sleigh that can get all the way around the world and globe in one night. Mm -hmm. It's like that, but it's a weed whacker for your nose hairs, and it has a nick-free technology, so you don't have to be scared about oh. just slicing and dicing your nose up. Perfect. Also, with the performance package, you will receive not one, but two free gifts. The performance package is the best offer Manscaped has going right now, and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use code PAT. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds and make Santa proud. The nose is always uncomfortable to 
shave. I know, and I've been noticing too that my nose hairs have been pissing me off. I need to get that done. Yeah, in the old days, you try to pull those out, hurts like hell. Still do, not great. Not great, hurts every single time. Mm-hmm. Or you try to use your flat buzzer, and yep. you try to get in there, you can't really fit. I have a big nose, so it goes in there a little bit more, but it's always an uncomfortable. The Weed Whacker is built to make that a seamless, easy, painless mm-hmm. process. Uh, so shout out to them. Performance package. Go ahead and get it. It's a great gift. Um, when you go to manscaped.com, use code PAT, 20% off and free shipping. Let's get back to the show. Joining us is a man who's a college football national champion Whoa. and a Super Bowl champion. Man, I can't wait to hear his thoughts on the 16-team college football playoff that we need to speak into existence as a team here. I'm not talking about just the people on the microphones. I'm talking about the people that are listening, the people that are watching. Even if you don't like college football, we need to push for this 16-team college football playoff because it would be electric. A man who, if he was playing, probably would win this thing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. How's it going, pal? Oh, it's going going very well. That 16 playoff sounds great. I don't think it'll ever happen. And also, if there's anyone, Z, or I'm looking at a, a video of Nick right now. I can't see you, Pat. Okay. Well, I want to let you know Nick does look handsome. He's a little bit upset because Foxy has become a diehard Steelers fan, and Nick believes that the stairway to seven Super Bowl is probably ended because a kid from the Lions joined their forces. Now, the 16-team playoff thing, I went on like a three-minute run about how awesome it would be. Yeah, about how awesome it would be. And how, by the way, I think every player that was involved, every coach that was involved, athletic trainers, equipment managers, fans would even say, yeah, let's do it. I think everybody would be in for it this year, especially with the amount of, you know, cluster fuckery that's been going on in 2020 with sports. I think everybody would be like, yeah, this is awesome, except for the people that would have to make the decision to do so. They would say no. So this is all one big dream. But how awesome would this thing be, AJ? That would be amazing. I guess what you – the biggest hurdle would be to try to make whatever the committee, the NCAA, whoever would have to green like this, make make them think this is their idea. That's the only (laughs) way this will happen. That's classic business. you got to somehow – cook this idea into their brains and a good way to do that by the way for anybody that has to talk to these or gets to talk to these olds that are making these decisions always remind them that they said this like a year or two ago you know you remember what you said about and then say the 16 team playoff and you were thinking like you know four you don't want to go too much i remember you saying this and then say somebody actually put it into like a picture form so that we can actually showcase what you were thinking a couple years ago and it turns out what you were thinking was is just as awesome as everybody thinks And I can even tell you what the reaction to your thoughts that you had there on the internet are all very positive. Look, and they'll even maybe cut to this show going, "Hey, this is a hey, <laughs> this is a brilliant idea by that college football playoff committee wow. member." Oh, yes. It was amazing that you came up with this idea, and that's how you got to sell it. But also, we got to figure out how to let them know that they're still going to make a lot of money, maybe even more money, by the way. You might you might make even more money in this whole thing. You might save the NCAA with this whole thing. Wow. Now that I think about it. So, yeah, you're right. It's going to be very difficult to get the, uh, the ball into the end zone on this particular one. But I do believe we're on the one if we can continue to pitch incredible ideas like this looks and like it would be if it was to come to fruition. So what do they have uh- – 10, 12 days to put this thing together? Yeah, but listen, BYU only needed two days, okay, to travel down to Myrtle Beach, or Southern Southern California. Myrtle Beach is the the Southern California of the East Coast. Exactly. (laughs) 
Correct. South Carolina. They made it happen in two days. You would only have to make these games happen, so you're only dealing with each AD is only dealing with one AD, by the way. That's all it is. Let's not worry about the big thing. Let's just take the little steps. You take care of the little things, the big things will take care of themselves. All these teams need to just figure out how to take care of these games amongst themselves. If they want to play on a neutral field, make it happen. If you want to play one person at home, make it happen. Whatever you need to do to make this thing happen, you two just need to make it happen, and we'll cross the quarterfinals bridge next week whenever we have mm-hmm. to do Smart. that. Let's just worry about what we have right in front of us, boys. Okay, so Ohio State, give Coastal Carolina a call. And I think you could probably get those boys off that teal field, off the surf turf, and go right up to the, the horseshoe, and they'd be honored to play in this college football playoff tournament. If they, and if that gets done, okay, then what? IU, Texas A&M, make it happen. You don't think Tom Allen and them relentless boys yeah. at IU would be like, yeah, we'll fly down to Texas, goddamn. We'll go down there and do whatever you want to do. Cincinnati, Georgia, now that's going to have to be a real conversation because I would assume Georgia's going to want to swing their dick around, but Cincinnati's going to go, who's ranked higher? Uh-huh. Huh? Yeah. Who is ranked higher here, boys? And that is quite an advantage, by the way, if you're Cincinnati at home versus Georgia. So those two are going to have to figure it out. I would assume Cincinnati is going to end up having to go to Georgia because Cincinnati, Georgia's going to pull like the whole, oh, we don't have to play the game. It's okay. We've had these before. We've been in these before. <laughs> in Cincinnati, they have the leverage in this whole thing. But I think there's only a few conversations that have to be had, really. Maybe, maybe the Iowa State-Miami conversation, and maybe Iowa State will actually be like, yeah, let's do this in Miami, actually. <laughs> no, yeah, if we can go down there, let's do it. So I think they can figure it out, AJ. You don't think so, huh? I mean, I think the coaches, yeah, coaches, players, they all want to make it happen. They want to do that. But I'm thinking of all the logistics. All Okay, so each one of these games, they're going to be played on different networks. Which network gets to carry it? I know Fox is upset because they lost the Ohio State-Michigan game, which is giant ratings for them that they count on. Like, that's the stuff that I'm worried about is all of those people dragging their feet trying to make sure that, hey, no, we want the good games. Like, if you're – you're one of the networks. You want to make sure you're set up to have the good game. Well, it sucks for all of them because Jeff Bezos is actually just buying them all, and it's on Amazon. Oh, true. So, Ooh. yeah, it's all on Amazon. It's all on YouTube. Google, Google, and Jeff Bezos are just buying all the rights, and they're paying the TV networks. Like, hey, sorry, hey, sorry about it, pal. And it's all just going to be on the internet, and they're going to play in the middle of the day too, so people can watch. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Genius. Hey, I think also there's I no think, way it happens. No, fuck, no. it would be awesome if so it did. Cool. Hey, think, but if you're Alabama and you're Nick Saban. You don't want this to happen. You're saying, all right, normally I only got to win two games to win the national championship. Now I have to win four, and who knows the opponents I could be facing? Yeah, they're not happy about their seeding in this particular thing. For uh, sure. Having to play Iowa? Yeah. Having to play Iowa. Because they know the Kirk's boys will play them in a fucking parking lot. Yeah, they will. Yep. Yeah, they will. <laughs> the thing about it, though, I think Alabama would be in the mode where they would want it to be like this. Because I think their team this year is just <laughs> fucking unbelievable. It's like the teams that are nor- – like Georgia, for instance. Georgia is not loving this. You know what I mean? Like Ohio State, what? They got taken to task by Indiana. Now they've only played four games or whatever, five games. So they even, even they haven't even really got to figure out their team yet, it feels like. But I think the teams that are like kind of good but not great, maybe they have that thought. But I think those – like Alabama, I think Alabama's like, yeah, we could play – Oh, we got to play six more. We can do that. Whoever just line them up, they're all going to get beat by 20 anyways. And maybe Clemson. Uh, maybe Clemson also in that same type of situation if they have Trevor Lawrence for that entire thing. But we have to remember that COVID could run wild through any of these brackets. Could run wild through yeah. the Peach Bowl bracket. Mm-hmm. Could run wild through the Fiesta Bowl bracket. Might maybe the Orange Bowl or even the the Cotton Bowl. Is that What is that? Bowl? Oh, yeah. Cotton Bowl the, Classic. Co- Cotton Bowl? Mm-hmm. Is the Cotton Bowl a BCS game? No. I think it's in it's that shuffle. The, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Really? The yeah. Cotton Bowl? It's a BCS Bowl, yeah. bowl game, yeah. Huh. 
New Year's Six. They did kind of just shove it in there with the other major ones like oh, a couple they, of years ago. They I just kind of forced that. her down a little bit. Yeah. Maybe they make up some more, by the way. Maybe they have more bowl games so that, that feed into other bowl games that lead to the big bowl games. I yeah, mean, it's not a bad there's idea. more money to be made in this thing. How many days do we have, AJ, for this? Two weeks? Yeah, maybe almost two weeks. It's easy. Someone sent an email. There's no chance. <laughs> There's no chance. Think about how cool this would be, though. Man. I mean, this really should be something they explore for the future. Like, when you when the guy puts it up like this in a bracket and you can visually see how it's all laid out, I think this makes so much more sense to everybody. Let's go to Tyler in South Dakota. South Dakota did not make it into the 16-team bracket. Oh. Next year they might, though. Tyler, what do you want to talk about, pal? Hey, Pat, boys, AJ. Good to be on. Hey, great to have you on, man. What do you want to talk about? Hey, so kind of two questions. I was curious. Um, you were here for College Game Day in Brookings, mm-hmm. and uh, what did you think of South Dakota when you were here? Go big, go blue, go Jacks. I liked it over there. People were very, very nice to me. We also ate de- 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 pheasant. Pheasant, yeah. yeah. We ate a bison pheasant. Too? A, a what? I think bison, too. Yeah, we had a bison. I think I had a pheasant sandwich, maybe, yeah. and a mm. bison sandwich. Whoa. Bison yeah. burgers are delicious. Yeah, bison Dang. burgers are. Yeah, it was very, it was, it, we had a good time. People were very nice to us, obviously. It was, uh, it was awesome over there. Greasy bird. Awesome. Yeah, and I know Adam and Terry's from South Dakota, so it's kind of a weird little connection there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why I was there, actually, is because I was speaking for Adam because he had a game next day or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, small oh, connection. Yeah, small world. Also, I uh, need to go see Mount Rushmore, I guess. Yeah. Oh, the Black Hills are oh, yeah. great. Yeah, I need to see Mount Rushmore. Got it. What do you want to talk about, Tyler? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan. They fucking stink. Yep, bingo. All right, thank you, Tyler. Let's go to Rory <laughs> in Pennsylvania. What's going on, Rory? They stink. What else? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. He's right. That's a good point. <laughs> nailed it. He got right to it. Roy, what's going on, dude? Uh, Pat, Mr. Hawk, and the boys, I just want to say that you guys have the greatest show in all of the media. Not just the greatest sports show, not just the greatest podcast, the greatest show in general. So uh, That sounds like a bunch of fucking bullshit. When I wake up in the morning and I need my sports fix, I come to the greatest show the one, the only, the Pat Max show. Well, that, the best. Thank you, Rory. Yeah. Now, just a couple thank quick you, things here. Oh, hold on, Rory, Rory. A couple quick things, though. Have you, sw- have you seen the Queen's Gambit? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a hard no. Hard pass. Okay, I get it, Rory. Yeah, it seems like you're my type of guy. But have you seen, like, The Crown? Still a hard pass. Yeah, yeah, it seems like that's probably, you know, there, I feel like there's a lot of things, though, whenever you say, like, greatest show out of whatever, like, we appreciate it, like, mm-hmm. we appreciate it, but we want to let you know that we don't believe that. So, uh, we just want to... I don't to be- exaggerate anything. Yeah, okay, okay, Rory, we appreciate it. What do you want to talk about, pal? All right, so over the last Wheel 20 years, the average yeah, pass yeah. of the Super Bowl winning quarterback was only 7%. Take out Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, that percentage drops even more. So if the goal is to win Super Bowls, why the fuck are teams paying so goddamn much for quarterbacks if that doesn't win Super Bowls? Great question, Rory. And I've said this a long time. I actually started talking about this with the Legion of Boom, then with the Jared Goff thing, and then um, obviously with Andrew Luck. And the the thought that if you land a young quarterback that's good, you can spend your roster and your cap, your salary on your roster, and load talent around the person. It happened in the Los Angeles Rams organization. That's why they won on that run, went to the Super Bowl, because they didn't have to pay Goff Jack shit. I mean, he's getting paid money, but it's on a rookie uh, contract. They didn't talk about Russell Wilson up there in Seattle. They were at a couple Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl. Probably could have won another one, just hand the rock off, but they they were up there. That's because they were on Russell Wilson's rookie contract. Andrew Luck on a rookie country we were at the afc championship there's a couple other things we did and we, we we didn't win with it obviously and he's right you aside from tom brady who was never at the top 
of how much money you're making. And Peyton Manning, who was, I mean, he was getting paid a lot of money. The, I thought the blueprint of the future was not paying a quarterback, getting a young quarterback, and building the entire team around. Now, that young quarterback still has to be incredibly talented. Okay, you got to hit on a young quarterback that's worth a fuck. You have to do that. But aside from that, whenever you save money for everything else, you can make your quarterback's life much easier with a good offensive line. You can get a good defense that you can pay for. You can make a lot of good things happen. But it's impossible to tell a general manager and owner, if you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, hey, you should just let him go so that we can continue to build around him. It's just not going to be feasible. But it does seem like stats. Now, we'll see if Patrick Mahomes can win, right? He's getting paid the most money in the history of anything. If that team can continue to win, that debunks that theory completely. But a lot of stats and, and percentages are saying that your cheap quarterback, rookie quarterback deals are best for your team. It's just wild to be put in that position. Well, I, the, in theory, yeah, it does make sense. And, and Seattle was able to do it with Russell. We saw that. But you also have to hit on getting an absolute superstar of a quarterback. You have to draft that guy. You have to draft him right. We know how tough that is. And he has to be good right away, too. So you have like that little, what, three-year window, maybe four years possibly, when you're still paying this guy on his rookie deal and you can build around him. But it's like, man, that's a tight window. And you have to make sure that that guy, the quarterback you have is a stud. Mark Sanchez, too, they had success with the Jets whenever yeah. he was uh, mm-hmm. when he was a rookie because they were playing against us in the AFC playoffs. They haven't really been back ever since. It's, it is a theory. I had it. I told it to, I think, AQ. It was a couple years ago I was pitching this thing strong. You can't pay a quarterback. What about these deals? (laughs) I I went on this entire run or whatever, you know, and AQ was like, so if you have have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and his contract comes up, you're going to say, Patrick Mahomes, get out. It's like, you should. Yeah, you should. (laughs) Maybe maybe you should. And it's like now that I'm thinking of the way the Chiefs were able to keep that team together, it's like, well, if you can figure out how to do both, like that is the (laughs) dream scenario there. But they're right, though. Whenever the uh, new CBA came about and the salary cap got raised, however much it was. Now, next year it's going to go back down because of revenue losses with this year with the tickets and everything like that. Everybody knew exactly what that meant. That meant quarterbacks were going to get more money. The the salary cap goes up. It means quarterbacks are going to get more money. That's Everything else is kind of getting almost uh, punished more because of the salary cap going up. That's just the way it goes. And a lot of these young quarterbacks having success, it makes you think like, Maybe that's not the right move. Well, with Lamar Jackson kind of regressing a little, do you think he's going to get like a blowout deal or is it kind of give him one more year or get him a new OC? I was thinking of that last night or the other night when I was watching him because he saw Patrick Mahomes make that half a billion dollar contract after Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. If Lamar Jackson was to win the Super Bowl this year, it would be kind of the same career path there. And then it doesn't seem like that's going to happen for the Ravens. Maybe it will. I'm not 100% Mm -hmm. sure. It doesn't seem like that's the case. So I thought to, to myself, if Lamar ever thinks like, man, we had a bad year this year, I probably lost out on a few hundred million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just that is a real conversation that has to be had. I don't know what's going to happen with Lamar. I've not, I think he has another year, and then he can get, they can get the fifth-year option as well. So they got some years to decide what they want to do with him. But I don't know how that all uh, plays out. Well, don't you think Baltimore is – I mean, they, I'm sure they're already trying to plan on what they're going to do because he's coming – he's MVP last year. Now you see he's – taking a little bit of a step back, at least in the passing game, and doesn't have as as crazy of, you know, game-breaking runs uh, a week in and week out that we saw last year. But the Ravens are going to have to make a decision. Like, that's a tough – that's where those GMs and the owners get paid a bunch of money, man. you got to yeah. figure it out. Hey, that's a full decision, by the way, because they went all in on the Lamar Jackson yeah. style of offense, too. It, what would have to scare some people is – what the Eagles are sitting at right now with Carson Wentz. Oh, All right. If we him. pay this guy, is it going to completely hamstring our whole team for years if he doesn't turn out to be who we th- we hope he is? Why is everybody saying send him to Indy? 
seems like a done deal. No, pretty much made happen. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Frank Reich, that's going to get him back on the map. You're right. It's going to happen. Fucking what about Nick Foles, dude? Why isn't everybody trying to shove Nick Foles down Indianapolis' throat? Why well, just Carson Wentz? I think they're shoving both of them down. What about Mitch? The Indianapolis Colts throat, actually. Why are we just getting – now we're getting triple teams with this goddamn thing? Why? Well, yeah, Mitch is better than Foles because he got benched for him. Yeah, so. but, 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 but what about, like, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers? Why aren't we having these types of conversations? These are fun options. conversations. No, Brady. Tom Brady, no. these are fun conversations. Cam now, Newton. Jameis. Oh, hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jameis got LASIK. He can see. I don't know how he's playing yeah. football. You know, Taysom's kind of taking over down here. By the way, the Saints, uh, seven point favorites at Philadelphia this weekend. That that one seems a little tasty there. That one yeah. seems a little yeah. tasty there. What were your thoughts on that game last night? I think you were on our side saying the Rams are going to cover. Uh, Rams are going to win by at least two scores. Uh, that that game kind of played out how we thought it was. Pretty boring, low scoring. Rams dominant. Now the Patriots got to fly back to Foxborough for the first time in like 20 years with zero chance at the playoffs, basically. Yeah, it was a tough one for the Patriots from start to finish. And I think I said on the show yesterday, like, I just don't think that Cam and the Patriots offense can score enough points to keep up. And it's not like the, the Rams weren't lighting it up, especially in the second half offensively, but they did enough. They ran the hell out of the football and they played awesome defense. Like, I don't, the Rams should feel good about their performance on D. Like, I don't care what people want to say. Like, oh, the Patriots don't have a ton of weapons. They don't have, you know, Cam doesn't look like he's healthy. Like, it doesn't matter. They still played really well. And the, we know the Patriots' offensive line is probably the best part of their offense. And the Rams sure made them look like they were an average offensive line. Hey, that Rams defense is legit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, in the NFC, we talk about the Saints defense because they're real. All right. That Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has shown signs of good, but none lately. They've, they've been rather boring to watch and not very efficient. But in the NFC, the teams with defenses, I think, are going to make the best run. And that Saints defense we talk a lot about. And I think we should talk more about that Rams defense. That defense is fucking good over there. And I like the Jalen hits. Like, I just like the, yeah. th- the fact that Jalen hit, like, he, he wants to hit people because everybody. You know, he's an instigator. He stirs shit. He's, uh, he's a corner, lockdown corner. So like, you would think with everything, he's potentially not a guy that wants to mix it up. He gets in there and throws. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of that Rams defense. What's up, Dix? Rams defense is number three in opponents' points per game, number one in opponents' yards per game, number one in opponents' yards per play, number two on third down conversion, number four on third da- or fourth down conversion, top ten in red zone scoring. They're, They're unbelievable. Yeah. It also doesn't hurt, you know, when the offense is running the speed option to the left on fourth and two on the goal line. You like that? Are game? you questioning Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick? I mean, when the, when the season first started, Whoa. we talked about the formation that nobody might be able to stop, and we haven't seen it since. I'm just saying, may, maybe do it once, okay? That, that is true, because you do see some teams do things that are very interesting. For instance, the Ravens sat Lamar Jackson yes. and brought Mark Ingram to play Wildcat quarterback when you have <laughs> – you actually have that offense every single play. You have the Wildcat quarterback. Why would you put him on the sideline? And then early we saw uh, Cam Newton with two fullbacks in front of him on a goal line play with Cam Newton just right behind it. Now, I think he got stuck on a goal line. They lost to Seahawks because of that. But we felt like more often than not that play is probably going to work. But I guess the Patriots said, no, nah, it's not going to work, actually. We we don't do that anymore. In Seattle, at least we ran the the same play three straight times. I mean, just give it to me once. I'm not asking for it all over and over and over again. All right, let's go through this week. 
weekend's games with A.J. Hawk, a man who loves doing this. Oh, yeah. Come on. Loves Lives it. for it. A.J. Hawk might not say this on the show, but off air, he's telling his family, he's mm-hmm. telling his friends, he's telling us, I can't wait for Fridays when I am put on the spot and told that I must predict the entire weekend schedule. Woo! Hey, 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 you're welcome, by the way, that we give you this opportunity to do yeah, something right. you love. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, before you, you get into it, I did want to say, like, you're not that wrong. So I... Because I do make these choices, it keeps me more invested in the games on Sunday. Yes. So, like, yes. my family yes. notices wow. it. My seven-year-old son always said, Dad, who are we rooting for here? I'm like, well, I picked uh, the Rams on this one. So then he'll cheer super hard for the Rams. <laughs> like, if Red Zone's on, I was, I'll be reacting to plays that happen. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, I picked, I picked against them. I don't need <laughs> to play terrible. Like, so it has affected every aspect of my life. Which, by the way, we have said this is what sports gambling does. Like, in a lot of games that you maybe have zero interest in, you throw five, ten, five hundred, whatever you are capable of throwing money down. Don't be fucking stupid. There is a chance you will lose. Uh, <laughs> so don't be dumb. But, boy, it makes games much more interesting. My wife has gotten into it because she has to watch alongside me or she's there and she's like all right well if i'm gonna watch i guess i might as well and she'll do live betting where she thinks she has it all figured out like oh this guy seems to have a lot of energy looks like he's gonna score a touchdown what's his and he score? i mean there's just it makes the games much better that's why big hey big shout out to fanduel if we get to your state it's bet it's great if we're in your state already come enjoy some games with us let's go through it cardinals at giants cardinals are favored by three in this one seems like that's a lot i'm not 100 percent sure how do you feel about arizona cardinals who don't know what's up with kyler murray's shoulder as anybody does and seem to have not been playing great since the hail murray so yeah kyler's uh his shoulder does worry me a little bit for the cardinals but i like the giants to win and i like him to cover on this one the giants are a weird they're in a weird spot right now where they're absolutely rolling i think they win and cover or they get blasted. There's, there's the two <laughs> well, so the Giants don't need to cover anything. They're actually getting points. I bet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if they win, that's plus one thirty-four. So that's a that's value. a that's a great oh. underdog money line that you like there. Uh, but if they're going to get blasted, then that means Cardinals will cover. So why don't you tell us what you think it is? I mean, you kind of just took both there, actually. Yeah, I didn't want to take both, but I think the Giants win. Okay. okay. All right. All right. All right, I like that a lot. Let's go Chiefs. Dolphins. Chiefs are favored by seven down there in Miami. There's a little stat popping around. A guy tweeted it to me, I think, or maybe he tagged me in it. I think the Dolphins are 3-0, and taking on teams at home that are 11-1 and or better. Is that what it is, Gumpy? Yeah, exactly it. Is that really what it was? Yeah. Wow. It's Hey. <laughs> You know, sometimes this brain right here. So, yeah, the Miami Dolphins in their history are 3-0 and at home when facing teams that are 11-1 or, or better. I would assume the Patriots are potentially those teams yeah. that they have played against, and the Patriots always struggle down there. This Chiefs team getting a chance to go down to Miami. How do you feel like it's going to play out? Well, first off, that stat has nothing to do with this game, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't know, dude. <laughs> you don't know. I like, I like the Kansas City Chiefs to win, to cover – Makes me a little bit weary, but now I feel good about the Chiefs winning and covering. I like their defense. I, I think their defense will play well, and I think Mahomes and, and Kelsey are unstoppable with the rest of the cast they have there. So they cover. Yeah. Okay, Chiefs. All right. All right. Vikings at Bucks. The Bucks are favored by six and a half, so they're starting the game minus six and a half uh, to nothing. Jesus. <laughs> 
Vikings traveling to Tampa, though. How do you see this one playing out? His name is not White Claw, but Adam Thielen's <laughs> going to end up in the end zone. Will they score enough against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to keep up with Tom and that offense coming out of a bye week, which we know nothing about of what they talked about, self-scouted, analyzed, or figured out? Well, this was another tough one for me. Uh, I, I just I, I never know with the Vikings what they're going to get. You, you obviously don't know with the Bucks, but I like the Bucks to win, and I like them to cover. I think the Bucks defense shuts down, doesn't shut down. I think they limit the run game for Minnesota, and I think that's a disaster for Kirk Cousins and the rest of that offense when they can't move the ball on the ground. This game is the game I am not going to bet. I have no idea what happened during the bye week because if they figured things out in the bye week, which they could have, by the way, a lot of Zoom calls. Byron Leftwich and Tom could have been tied at the hip here, going through what they want to do, what they don't want to do. You can roll out a new strategy to the boys in a, in a week, no problem. Hey, we like this. We're going to do this. They could become the team that we always thought they were going to be. A little bit of a break, too, for some guys. Maybe get a little bit healthier. They could be that team. Or they could have got nothing accomplished during about a week and nothing yep. happens at all, and they're just the same old questionable squad. In six and a half seems like a lot of points. I'm not betting this one, uh, but I like the fact that you think Tampa Bay is going to cover because that means you believe that during the bye week they got some shit figured out. Well, we'll, we shall see. Let's go to the next game here. Colts at Raiders. Playoff contentions on the line here. Number seven and number eight in the rankings of the AFC. Colts are favored by three in Las Vegas. The Raiders have been a very interesting squad here as of late. What are your thoughts? Man, this is another tough one. Like, there's a lot of good matchups this week, which is good because I feel like last week there was a lot of games that not a whole lot of people cared about. So, yeah, yeah. Good, good week for the NFL, I feel well, like. Well, that's because war games was last week. Yeah, true. true. Good point. Yeah, they didn't want to compete. So, um, they moved you know, that Wednesday game earlier, didn't they? Real yeah, quick. How about that? Real fucking quick. Yeah. That's the power you have, Pat. But I like the Colts here. I think the Colts win. I think they cover. Okay. Colts cover against the Raiders. I'll be excited to see that. Steelers at Bills. Sunday night football. Bills are favored by one and a half. How do you feel? Steelers to win. Steelers to win outright. That's another underdog dub that AJ is calling. Ravens at Browns. Browns are getting one and a half points. That's Monday night football. Oh, boy. I just, man, the Ravens, I'm so confused by. The Browns a little bit as well, but I like the Ravens to win. Okay, so the Browns are getting points at home on Monday night, playing their best football, and you like the Ravens to win? Yep. By how many? At least two? Yeah, I think they cover. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Two and a half. Cowboys, Cowboys at Bengals. Bengals are – or Cowboys are favored by three and a half. Bounce back game for the Cowboys. I think oh. they take – they win it, and they, they definitely cover. Broncos at Panthers. Panthers are favored by three. I don't know. I saw this game, and I said, I don't – who knows? Texans – Texans at Bears. Texans are favored by one and a half. I'll take the Broncos on that last game. <sighs> Titans at the Jags. Oh, we're, we keep moving. Oh, I like the Titans. Yeah, do they cover? Yeah, most likely. Uh, Jets at Seahawks. <laughs> Seahawks, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, I don't love them to cover here. Oh, okay. So you're betting on the Jets there. That's a tough bet. Hey, oh. Jets are a tough team to bet on. Yeah. Don't I actually it. have them as a part of my Super Bowl. Whoa. Whoa. Really? I do. Who's calling the defense now? Do we know? Oh, who cares? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just hoping they keep it within 20 and a half, but I got a little seven-point teaser there. Let's get a Falcons-Chargers, <laughs> man. Ooh, this was another one that was tough for me, but I think the Chargers take this one. Okay, do you, you, uh, that's another underdog win, by the way, for AJ. He, AJ's handing out money that. at this point if he hits. Packers. I, I don't like to look at the line when I see. I, before I see the lines, I have a, a, an idea in my head of who I think is going to win, and then sometimes I see the line. I'm like, well, no, I would have had these guys as underdogs. So it, no, that's nice. by the way, that's what you're looking for whenever you're picking games to bet on is the ones that you think they're completely off on. Um, 
Packers Lions. Packers are favored by seven and a half in Detroit. Big things on the line here. If the Packers win, the Lions are officially eliminated from playoff contention. So in this one, I feel like the Packers either win by 17 or more or they find a way to get beat. Oh, Whoa. my. Take that as you may, you say. Okay, let's go with Saints-Eagles. Saints are favored by seven in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts gets his first start. Taysom Hill gets his fourth start. How do you feel like this is going to play out? I like the Saints to win. I like him to cover strictly because I think their defense is awesome, and I think their defense will find a way to uh, to contain Jalen. I know he'll make some plays, no question, but I feel um, – the Saints defense is just too good. They'll probably score on defense. Okay, football team versus 49ers. 49ers are favored by three and a half in Arizona, taking on Washington. Another tough one. Tough you know one. <laughs> Washington makes it happen, and they cover. Well, they're, they're underdogs, so yeah. So you're saying they're going to win? Yeah. Okay, so he picked five underdogs to win outright. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Parlay. AJ, people would say you're a maniac here. Okay, a lot of people would say that's a risky gambling style, but you said, no, no, that's how I feel. I know the game. Well, I, also, if you're going to gamble, why not gamble? Like, who wants to do? Who wants to bet 50 bucks and make 51? Like, let's, a let's lot of people. Money. Um, <laughs> winning is winning. Yeah, AJ. we need you. You'll be in this long enough. You'll get there. You'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll get there. You know what I mean? You'll I get there. I don't put any money on the games anyway, so it doesn't matter. Zito, what's going on? $10 gets you a lot of money. On the A.J. Hawk parlay, what is it? Yeah, we got $87,000. You do the A.J. Hawk parlay (laughs) that he just gave out. Whoa. $10 can win you $87,000. Good luck. Good luck, baby. Attaboy, A.J. One of these days, one of these days, one of them might hit. Yeah. Uh, that's Let's what, hope hey, it's this week. And by the baby. way, that's what sports gambling yes. is. Exactly what you just yep. said right there. Game hey, on. 10 bucks for 87. There's a chance. <laughs> right. AJ literally just explained all those games, why he feels the way he feels. There's an actual chance that somebody could bet $10 on the AJ Hawk parlay and win 87,000 wow. on FanDuel right now. And they, they should feel confident about it because AJ's confident. In it. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable, AJ. That's a lot of power you have in your hands. Thanks, AJ. Changing lives. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, you AJ. Thank you, AJ. <laughs> what if, imagine like, okay, so let's start doing the math now. How many people that listen to that show and would go and do that immediately, AJ? Let's say, let's say just 100 people do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So what's 87,000 times 100? 8.7? Million, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? Uh-huh. <laughs> just quick fucking FanDuel loss because <laughs> AJ just runs like that FanDuel. It's just damn near $10 million. AJ might disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show each week. We know that there's a lot of other options uh, of things that can penetrate your ear holes. The fact you allow us to do so, we are very thankful for. Uh, we'll be back Monday with another big, big overreaction. Oh, yeah. A lot of playoff implications this weekend. Oh, a lot of big games coming up on Sunday. AJ made all his picks. To hear all of our picks, you can go download the at Hammer Don podcast, H-A-M-M-E-R space D-A-H-N. That'll have more picks from Michael Lombardi, myself, Tone, and Gumpy. Uh, from all of our guests this week, from all the boys and myself, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to everybody. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful weekend. Cheers. 